right. Welcome to the VFL Fantasy Podcast. You're on with Bryce. We've got Lockie and Kel. How are you, Lockie? Yeah, I am good. Really happy to be here. Lovely. Have you been on a pod before? No. I'm actually a little bit nervous, but uh, yeah, see how we go. Yeah, that's that's sick. And um, I've got some some big opinions coming your way. Oh, all right, all right. I like that. And Cal, how are you, man? After seven weeks off. I'm good, mate. It was good to see you and Steve in person last night, and it's good to be back on the pod. And great to be joined by Lockie. Um, congrats last year, Lockie, on the championship. And you say you've got some big opinions. Let's hope you're as big a hit as uh, the database Dan Brown was on his first appearance. <laughs> oh, God. That's very unlikely. Oh, man. Uh, all right. So we'll go through... Just a brief overview of last season, um, have a look at some trades that have gone down and Cal will be exclusively, legit exclusively dropping his power rankings at the end of the podcast. So he's bound to ruffle some feathers, Callum. Yeah, let's see how we go. Look, it's a hard hard thing at the start of the, uh, start of the season to do power rankings because, you know, most, people, most teams have only got like three players on their team, so... Uh, but, you know, I've got a bit of a formula I've gone through and I'll explain all that once we once we get to the last segment. Lovely. All right. Sounds good. Um, like I said before, uh, like you said before, Cal, congrats to Lockie for your win last year, my man. How did you feel about that? Or last season, actually, not last year. Lockie? Cal? I'm here still. Lockie's oh, dropped me okay. out, it looks like. Cool. I'll just keep on going then. Um, obviously, Lockie got it done last year against Toby. Um, we'll get some thoughts on Lockie. Um, thoughts from Lockie shortly. Um, I will maybe start by discussing a couple of the trades that went down. What do you reckon? Sounds good. Sweet. So the first one that went down was um, I traded... Chris Paul and pick 99 for, no, sorry. I traded pick 92 for Chris Paul and pick 99 um, just to just to get myself a point guard. Um, obviously, went tried to go full rebuild last year. So um, at the end of the year, at the end of the year, I was like, I'll get youth after I dumped my, dumped Giannis up. Uh, I was like, all right, cool. And now I needed some assists. So thought I'd make a move for CP3. It didn't cost me much. Moved down seven spots or whatever. Um, not There's probably not any crazy thoughts on that. What do you think, Cal? Yeah, look, it, I think I was a little bit surprised when I first saw it just because CP3, I'm pretty sure, hasn't been a guy who's been kept the last couple of years and at a year older. Um, you know, I was a little bit surprised. But at the same time, we always kind of look at CP3 and think, oh, you know, he's another year older. And he's always a top 20 guy, top 25 guy. So, um, yeah. like you said, going for some assists, you know, giving up, what, seven spots in the, what, 92 to 99. Um, you can't hate it. So, yeah. Yeah, sweet. My um, my thoughts mainly were that assists go, go off the board so fucking early. Um, and they do every year. And if I've had a – I didn't have a pick – um, that was high enough to probably get him. I reckon he would have gone in the first round after keepers, likely, because everyone needs assists. And 
provides elite assists um, and doesn't hurt you anywhere, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've kind of done my first initial board for this year. I got CP3 right at the start of the um, of that, that, that after the keepers. I got like 38 or something on my own personal thing. But if you're going for assists, he's obviously a big dog to have. Yeah, for sure. Um, welcome back, Lockie. You just dropped out. Yeah, you can, yeah, sorry. My phone was playing up, so I'm connected through my laptop now, so it shouldn't be any issues. Ah, weird. Um, we're just talking through trades, but just quickly back to your um, your championship, your maiden championship. How how'd you feel about that? Talk us through the emotions. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I was very excited just to be there. I was real happy just to be there in the final. So to win it, black was I guess a bit of icing on the cake, but like just getting there was great. And yeah, then winning feels like a lot of pressure is off me now. Like I don't feel as much pressure going into this season to ever win one or anything, you know? Yeah. For With, sure. you know, I feel like when you have a player like Jokic as you make, like you got the number one guy, you know, I felt like there was some pressure on me to perform. And obviously there still is. I've still got the number one guy, but uh, I feel less pressure now that I've got one. I feel like, yeah. Lovely. I would love to feel like that. That would be a, a nice feeling. No, I, um, I completely get it. Like I, I, well, I don't completely get it, but I completely can understand what that may feel like. Um, and it would be a good feeling. And like you said, Jokic, that number one guy, and I reckon ho- hopefully for your sake, um, but not for Cal's sake, that Denver think the same way that you do. And they're putting a lot of the pressure on themselves to win a championship because he's pretty much number one guy in the league other than yeah. um, Embiid, if you refer to sports bet, um, <laughs> Cal. <laughs> yeah, love a good sports bet joke. Um, but yeah, look, yeah, look, Lockie, once again, I think you had an amazing draft. Um, I think everyone throughout the year was like, fuck oh, yeah. like every single every single pick you had, like DeJounte, you know, um, who else did you grab? Christian Wood was good. Um, and Jar obviously took a massive leap, which I was completely wrong about. I'm wrong about most things, to be honest. But um, I think at the start of last year, I was like, Lockie, what the hell are you doing? Jar's on the He was he was phenomenal. So uh, once again, congrats. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I feel like a lot of my like sort of mid mid range draft picks sort of like paid off as well. Like guys like Jeremy Grant, Tyler Hero, getting them when I got them, they were you know weren't superstars, but they played a really significant role for me and helped me get the win. For sure. You had a lot of um, good picks as well. Like, I'm a dumbass trader, you like, my first pick outside of keepers for Ben Simmons. Yeah, that didn't play <laughs> all year. Yeah. That, uh, that certainly helped me. Yeah, having, I think I had like seven picks in the top 50 or something. So that's pretty, pretty handy. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Uh, awesome, though. That, yeah, congratulations, man. Um, also, I'd like to welcome Steve as our new commissioner. So he's got a, Take over the reins from myself. Um, it is a, like Cal, Cal's done it before, it's a, um intense, sometimes intense thing to do. So um, well done on Steve for putting his hand up to take over and I'm sure he'll absolutely kill it. Um, yeah, but it is a thankless, thankless job sometimes. So mm-hmm. be kind to the man. All right. So next up we'll go... So we discussed the Chris Paul trade. Um, and then after that, I traded um, for DeJounte off off you, um, Lockie. And you yes. mentioned when we we're in trade talks, you said, oh, 
Uh, Spurs would be crazy to trade away Dejounte, <laughs> and here they are. They're fucking crazy. Mm. Uh, so that's all right. Um, I did say to you I was prepared to go after him regardless. Either way, um, loses a couple assists. But Josh Lloyd somehow magically thinks he's going to lose steals, which is weird. So um, it basically the trade, everyone saw it. Um, I gave you a few pick advantages and bam, back just as a bit of insurance for you. Um, what were your thoughts from your side, Lockie? Well, yeah, from my side, I guess I just knew that I wasn't going to keep Jonte, regardless of whether he stayed at the Spurs or not. Like, I think he was probably, looking at the numbers, he probably is the second best option on my team uh, but I don't know I just had some other guys that I liked better than him so just to move him on for even like yeah a slight uptick in picks in the middle rounds was like something I was willing to do and like I think yeah he's probably going to drop off a little bit with the recent trade but I don't think he's going to drop off like dramatically he's still probably going to be at least a top 20 and 30 player like yeah I've seen the same stuff Josh Lee talking about him like he's only going to average like 15 points and like five assists or something. It's like where where are you getting that? Like, so yeah. I think it's gonna. I think it's. I think it works for both of us. Yeah, for sure. Cal, what are your thoughts? Yeah, like when the trade came through, I thought, oh yeah, that's really even. Um, you know, obviously Dejounte leaving the Spurs, where he was the main guy, might you know impact him a bit. But I think we were having the same discussion last night at dinner. Um, we often kind of overreact to really great players teaming up with each other, and you know we've seen it. Time and time again, you know, when KD went to the, the Warriors and everyone was like, fuck, you know, him and Steph, they're going to impact each other so much. Both were still like top five players. You know, Harden, when he went to the Nets, him, Kyrie and Durant all still beasted. And, you know, DeJounte going to the to the Hawks now, it probably impacts both him and Trey with a bit of usage. But at the same time, you know, their efficiency hopefully goes up. And, you know, look, I don't think the Hawks are done making moves. There's still heaps of noise that they're trying to move Capella. They might be looking at moving John Collins. So, you know, guys like that who need the ball, um, you know, if they're gone, it just opens up more touches once again for, you know, DeJounte and Trey to share. So I think DeJounte is still going to be really good this year. Um, I was a surprise he was top 10 last year. I'm not too sure if it'll be that again. But like like Lockie said, I think with his high steals, um, you know, his floor is, is still, you know, a top, you know, 20, 30 player, I think. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. Um that was, yeah, quite an easy negotiation between Lockie and I. So good work, good trade. Um, happy to have Murray and I'm sure you're happy to have some pick advantages and just um, yeah, a bit more clarity around who you'll keep as well. Yeah, Next trade totally. was Luca. Basically, this was a fucking wild trade. Um, Luca and Carl Anthony Towns got swapped um, with Steve giving back a plethora of picks um, to Dan Brown. So thoughts, boys? I'll start with you, Lockie. What are you thinking? Uh, well, when I first saw it come through, I didn't. I was like, nah, surely not. Like, <laughs> I just didn't, I just didn't think Dan would ever trade Luca. He's like in love with the guy. Um, yeah. But I, I actually, like, I like it for both guys. Like, I think Steve was looking to go in a new direction. Um, and I think Dan, for Dan, like, he has just some incredible picks now coming into this season. And he still has Cat. Like, Cat's, like, Luca's going to be better than Cat long-term. But Cat's still going to be huge for a few years. Like, I think it's... I think think I I like it for both teams. And I think it puts Dan in a great position to actually be good for once. So... 100%. Agree. And, Cal, what are your thoughts? 
Uh, well, yeah, look, obviously I'm a massive Luca fanboy myself, being a Mavs fan. But um, look, it's, hard, it's, it's a difficult one to grade because I think, you know, long term, I think from next year moving forward, it's you know, huge for Steve having Luca. You know, when you think about it, he could be the best player in the league for the next, you know, eight to ten years. Um, so obviously, you know, it's great for him to get him. Um, this year, though, like, it was a massive package to give up to him, uh, for him. You know, I think Cat is still, like, a top 10 player, top 5, top 10 player, plus those picks. I really think, like, it was a big haul by Dan for him. Um, so, look, I think it really impacts Steve this season. Um, and I think puts Dan in, a, like, a great position this season. But, you know, if we got great grading on this season, I think it was, you know, a big, big haul to give up by Steve. And you could say it was probably an overpay considering how good Cat is in himself in fantasy. But, you know, moving forward, obviously it'd be fun to own Luca for, for a long time moving forward. So, um, yeah, look, I think it was it's a very interesting trade. I'm not too sure how to say if there was a winner or a loser. Um, I think Dan certainly benefits this year. But then, you know, I think, um, you know, Steve moving forward gets probably the guy we prefer because Cat, let's be honest, he's pretty... Pretty lame. Like he's probably the yeah. lamest, cringest, like corniest guy in the entire league to watch uh, play basketball. So there's obviously that factor as well. And we know that, um, like Steve himself would say, he loves having players that he enjoys watching and players that he likes. Like that's you know he loved having Giannis so much because he's so fun to watch and he's a likable guy. So um, I definitely think that would have factored into it. Luke is so fucking fun to watch. Um, and uh, also, I think I think going forward, um, like I think that ring factor plays into it a little bit as well. Like you mentioned before, Lockie, like you can take those risks and sort of sort of not have that pressure of winning another ring this season when he's sort of setting himself up with a better better prospect going forward, and maybe he's happy to. Like, he's not sacrificing this season, but maybe he's happy to give himself less a chance this season to run it forward with um, guys like Luca and Lamelo. And who else does he have? Who's his third keeper? Rudy oh, Gobert, Jack- which I'm still yeah. uh, get to later. Cool. Yeah. 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 Opinions on that trade. A bit wow. of a donation. <laughs> yes. Um, next one, just quickly, was Cade Cunningham for Anthony Davis. Um, that was Dan Brown traded Anthony Davis to me for Caden Cunningham. And somehow I got the pick advantages. I don't know how it happened. I just offered <laughs> it and Dan Brown accepted it. So thoughts on that one? Let's start with you, Cal. Yeah, look, I think you win that trade. And obviously, you know, it kind of spiraled into a next trade we'll talk about soon. Um, but yeah, look, I, I was you know pretty, pretty strongly opinionated last year. I thought, you know, you having... AD and, you know, Towns and AD and Giannis together um, was a massive, like, massive combo. And so, for me, for Dan Brown to then get that combo in AD and Towns and then trade away, I've got the same feelings. You know, I can't, like, change my <laughs> change my opinion and say, oh, I think Dan wins the trade now. I think he won that trade, especially getting the pick swaps. And I don't know, man, Dan, he just, he just loves young players. Like, he's always seemed to be picking, like, you know, rookies, like you picked Mobley super early last year, Cade super early, like you've got two first round picks. He'll probably pick rookies again, knowing him. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what his approach is now. But yeah, look, I think, you know, Cade, I actually really like Cade. Like I've got him probably just after AD in my own personal kind of opinion. Um, yep. I'm pretty high on him, but I think you getting AD and the picks, uh, I thought you you won that deal. Yeah, thank you. Uh, what about your thoughts, Lockie? 
Yeah, I I completely agree. Like, I think you've got the best player and the best picks in the deal. I thought it was really strange that, like, Dan was willing to give up the better picks to get Cade when he's also giving up the better player. Um, I just think AD is still, like, you had, like, a what you'd probably say, like, a down season. He's still, like, easily a top, what, 15, 20 player? Yeah, So, like, sure. to then trade him away for... Someone like Kate, like Kate is going to be really good, and he was had a really good rookie year. But I think Dan, like after the other trade he'd made to put himself in like such a good position with he had Cat and AD, and then all these like great draft picks to then sort of trade away some of those good draft picks and get a lesser player was a strange move. But anyway, yeah, yeah I'll just I, chime I in real quickly as well. Like, I think that. Big men in fantasy, if you get good big men, it's such an advantage. And, like, Dan had Mobley and AD. Like, he could have absolutely cornered the market on, you know, blocks, rebounds, field goal, um, and just dominated those categories from the start. Like, I feel like after, when you get into the actual draft, it's a lot easier to get, you know, probably guards with high assists is also super valuable, but, like, you know, perimeter players, it's a lot easier to get them rather than quality big men. So mm. he could have actually absolutely cornered the market on that and decided to not do that. So um, that was one thing I didn't like about the trade either. Yeah, for sure. From my perspective, yeah, just did it. Um, wanted to, I was sort of looking to gain on draft capital as well, like gain some back from the DeJounte trade. Um, so I got a little bit of, so I actually, got the pick back that I initially gave up for Chris Paul. So I got, I gave up pick 92, uh, pick 92 and got back 99 with CP3. And then I got back 92 and gave up 99. Like it would just reverse itself. So it undid the mm-hmm. CP3 trade for me, but I kept him. So yeah, worked out all right. Uh, the next one was RJ Barrett for Brandon Ingram. I think that was just a bit <laughs> of a, a bit of a love trade, right? Yeah, like I think I just woke up in the morning, or maybe it was in the middle of the night, and um, Steve had just like randomly sent me Brandon Ingram for RJ Barrett. And I thought, you know what? Fuck it, I'll just accept that. It doesn't mean anything. I'm sure people probably value Ingram more than Barrett. I'm not sure anyone's going to keep Ingram or offer anything for him, but who knows? Maybe Dan Brown will decide he wants him because he's a big Pelican fan. So <laughs> that was literally just why I accepted that. I fully expect Ingram to go into the draft. But I don't know. Steve just sent that through because he likes activity in the league, I guess. There's always a chance. He just gave me AD and picks for Cunningham. So there's always a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, next was... Was that you and I? Yeah, last night we um, agreed to a trade, me and Cal. So um, so I've got to wait for him to talk about this as well. He just dropped out. We'll go to the next one. Oh, geez, this is the big one that happened today. Um, (laughs) Hang on, what do we got here? Okay, we can discuss... Fucking all of them are involving Cal. Let me just shoot him a quick Facebook message. (laughs) Oh, sweet. There he is. Hello. Hey, Cal. Um, Yeah, we were just just about to discuss, like, the, the next few deals pretty much involve you and you have strong thoughts on them. So I was like, oh, <laughs> we probably should wait. <laughs> Fair um, enough. In So it was last night at the Sporting Globe, a um, few beers and Cal and I did a trade. So um, I traded away Anthony Davis after just getting him. 
uh, for Bradley Beal. Motivation behind this, I did get a few better picks from it. Um, so obviously that's good. Beal had a really down year last year. Um, but I'm actually looking to punt blocks um, this year. So while AD was good to get, um, I was sort of, I did it because I was getting better draft capital and I was like, hmm, maybe I won't even keep AD and he'll keep Sabonis instead. So um, I looked at trading AD away. Cal, you were, you were interested, obviously. AD's a fucking beast when he plays. Um, that's, yeah, that's all I can say. He's a fucking beast when he plays. When he doesn't play, it just pisses you off. So hopefully um, Brad, Brad Beal plays well this year and he returns to his, his um, former self, like, top 15-ish player. But, yeah, what, what were your thoughts on the trade, Cal? And then we'll get Lockie's thoughts as an outsider. Yeah, from um, from your perspective, I can definitely understand. I think you kind of have to look at it, you know, as an extension of um, your your Caden AD trade, where you get better picks in that trade, and then you trade AD again for better picks with, you know, Beal. And like you just mentioned, you've still got, you know, Sabonis, who you may end up keeping as a big guy, and you can probably flip Beal again for more picks. So, um can certainly understand it from your point of view. And if you do keep Beal, um, you've got obviously Murray, CP3, Beal. You know, that's some pretty, pretty he- very, you know, strong start in, you know, the guard categories if you are going to pump blocks. So kind of stand yeah. it from your point of view. Um, like you've kind of alluded to what my kind of uh, motivations were behind it. Um, I think, first of all, like coming into the off season, I thought, you know what, I've got, I'm obviously going to keep Trey and Embiid I've then also got, you know, um, Beal and Kyrie. And so I thought, you know, if I can turn them into, I guess, a better third guy um, with like kind of a higher ceiling, I want that was kind of my main goal, I guess, with those two. And, you know, obviously, like you said, AD can be super frustrating to own. Um, but when he plays, you know, he's a top five, top 10 guy. He's finished number one before overall, you know, as a guy and he's still only 30. So I guess to me, you have to take swings. I think Lockie winning the title last year kind of taught me that a little bit in terms of, you know, he took these young, high upside guys in the draft, you know, like Anthony Edwards, DeJounte, they both popped. You know, so for me, if I can get, you know, 60, 65 games out of AD as like my third best guy, um, that's pretty scary. And and also, I guess, as part of that, I also knew I had the Kyrie deal in my back pocket where I kind of recouped some of the the trade, I guess, the, the pick value, which I gave up in our deal, Bryce. So I kind of knew I had that in my back pocket. And in reality, I wasn't going to really lose draft position that much by doing the deal. So yeah, I guess like what I talked about before, like it's hard to get good big men. And now I've got, you know, probably when you think about the real elite guys in any kind of build, it's, it's, you know, it's Jokic, it's Towns, it's, you know, it's uh, Embiid, it's Davis and it's Giannis is probably the, the five guys who really stand out as big guys in the league. And I've got two of them now. So um, yeah, huge. And after having like no big guys last year to start the year, I had a shit draft. My best two big guys coming out of draft were KP and Mitchell Robinson. And that was just a disaster. Um, so for me to get those two and lock it in, that was my motivations. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, fair call. Um, just to add to that as well, I did have something. Oh, I think Anthony Davis will... Um, this is my take for the year. I think he will be a top five player this year. I don't want to jinx him. It's not... not that's not why I'm saying it, but I think Darvin Ham will be really good for him. Darvin Ham's a fucking, he's a hard ass, and I just can't see that bullshit, like, sting. my eyes are stinging and, you know, weird <laughs> shit going down this year with Darvin Ham. And I think that 
I reckon he'll be really good. He'll have a lot of games played this year. And that's, yeah, not trying to jinx at all. But I do think if I wasn't trying to go in that pump blocks direction and had already had like DeJounte CP3, I would have definitely held on to Anthony Davis. So I think it was good pick up, good fair deal for both. Cheers. I got, sorry, I got a couple of other things to add quickly. I'll try not to babble on too much. But um, yeah, like like following up what you just said, like hopefully, like AD has just copped it in the media constantly about missing games. So hopefully this year he comes in, even though he hasn't shot a basketball in two months, apparently. And, um, you know, he's, he, he, he's healthy and he plays well. And I guess also just one other thing I just wanted to, wanted to say in terms of my reasoning was I think we've kind of, as much as it's frustrating to own guys who have injuries, I think we kind of have started to, I think they've become undervalued, if that makes sense. Like guys like yeah. AD and Embiid. And one one reason I think that is, is because like everyone's like, fuck, you know, we want guys who play 75, 80 games. That just doesn't happen for anyone anymore. Like the league has transitioned so much towards like, you know, rest, recovery, sitting on back-to-back, things like that. And, um, you know, the last few years, we've seen like pretty much everyone do that. And one stat which I heard, which is like pretty crazy stat, was that 10 years ago in 2012, out of the top 25 scorers in the league for total points, only two players in that list missed more than 10 games in the season. Fast forward 10 years to last year, um, of the top 25 total scorers, 20, I guess like 21 or 22 of them missed 10 games or more. So the whole league is, you know, they're a bit more cautious with health. And th- people like Embiid, you know, like you kind of, people talk about as being, you know, injury prone and stuff. If he plays 65 games, you know, that's like a big win because... The reality is, in terms of statistics, that if you're wanting guys who are going to play, you know, 75 games, it's just not really going to happen. Like, it's it's like, you know, there's only, what, three or four guys out of the top 25 scorers last year who didn't miss 10 games or more. So, um, that's kind of just a bit of more my thinking in terms of in terms of the AD trade, in terms of the MB, you know, acquiring him last season and locking him in. Is The upside is just so big that and I think the downside is starting to be reduced a little bit with those guys. Yep. For sure, Lockie is still here. Um, after yeah, the, I am. I mean, the babble, uh, the babble session from me and Cal. <laughs> Any thoughts, Lockie? Um, I don't think there's much I could say that you two didn't already cover. Uh, you went on for a long time <laughs> then. Uh, almost fell asleep. Um, Thank you. One thing, all, all, I, all I say, like I, I like the trade for both of you. Like it makes sense for both of you why you're doing it. I would say I like it probably slightly better for Cal, just because pairing Davis with Embiid. And then Trey as well. I just think, I would say that's like, in my opinion, probably like the three best keepers. Like, he probably, Cal probably has the best keeper situation in the league now, I would say. So that's why yeah, I like that trade for him. But I also Definitely. like what you're doing with the, you know, why have AD when one of his big things are blocks, you're punting blocks. Like, I punted blocks last year. So, like, I didn't have anyone that could block shots. You don't need an AD, like, if you're doing that. So, yeah, for sure. I like it for both of you. Love it. Well, um, let's dig into some of the trades that we can absolutely tear to shreds. <laughs> so the first one, I don't know. I don't think this one is like terrible to shreds, but I think that um, it was the Kyrie. Kyrie goes to Jack from Cal. Um, so Jack traded away, what, pick 69 and 124 and... Uh, Cal traded back 81 and 153. So jumps up 30 spots from the back end and jumps up 12 spots in from the 80s to the 60s, late 60s. And that's just giving away Kyrie, um, which obviously, who obviously you weren't going to keep. 
because um, you have three players that are better than him. But talk us through how that went down, Kel. Uh, yeah, look, it's like I like the deal, obviously, for me, because, you know, Tyree's a bit of an enigma. Like you said, I had three guys that was going to keep over him and help me get some draft capital back. Um, but look, I actually quite like it for Jack as well. Like Jack has to take a couple of chances on things. And even though we're going to tear his next trade to shreds, you know, when you think about it, if Kyrie is, if he comes in this year, like there's, he's barely played the last two years, so he should be fresh. Um, he was, he's in a contract season. Um, he might go to a different situation. He likes better than the Nets. Like if Kyrie plays like 65 games and he's a top 10 guy, you know, that this, this is a, a steal for Jack in a lot of ways, but there's always that risk with it. But I think Jack had to kind of take a chance. So yeah. I actually think it was a pretty good trade for both of us. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think gave a little bit too much capital draft wise, but I think getting Kyrie is a smart move for Jack. What do you think, Lockie? Um, I, I hate it. I, I, hate it. I, I just, I just, I just do not trust Kyrie Irving to play more than thirty games. Like he's just such a weirdo, and like he just, he's all this so, he is. There's just so many like little things that like I wouldn't like, if he was available like this year in like the eighth round, I wouldn't even. I like I would not consider taking him at like any point. I just do not. I don't like him, and I don't trust him to actually play enough games to make any sort of impact. So. I hate that for Jack. I can understand why you guys, like, that's a pretty, you know, he's, he probably is going to play more than 30 games and, like, be a really good player. But I just, yeah, I don't know. I get, I get I what like you mean. I, f- I fucking hate him as well. Um, and, yeah, just, <laughs> I think, like, Jack's in a position where he just has to take a risk. Like, he has to take risks. Um but yeah, we'll discuss the next trade. We don't need to take those kind of risks. <laughs> um, so the next one was giving away uh, Rudy Gobert, Jalen Brunson, and Josh Giddy, and getting back Jalen Brown, Julius Randall, and Demar Rosen. Demar Derozan. Um, I'll go to you first, Lockie. What are your thoughts? I hate this even more than the first one. <laughs> I don't understand what Jack's doing. Like, does he think we get six keepers or something? So he's going to be able to keep Brown, Randall, Demar, LeBron, and Kyrie. Or so, like, it does, like even if he wasn't going to keep Gobert, which I'm I'm guessing he wasn't wanting to because he probably wants to get you know get guards in, get away from that pump build sort of thing. But he didn't get back anyone. He would post like he would keep. He surely he's not keeping Jalen Brown, Julius Randall, or Demar DeRozan with his third keeper, like. Like those got like there's way better options out there as a third keeper if you're trying to go in a new direction than any of those guys. He didn't get any picks back or anything. It just doesn't make any sense. And he trades Gobert to like Steve, who's like just fits his team so perfectly. I just think, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm gonna know your competition. Agree with you. Like yeah. You go Cal and then I'll I'll add my thoughts after. Yeah, look, um, Lockie's, you know, he's, he's, he's hit the nail on the head with a lot of things there. I guess the thing is, if you look at it in a vacuum, like no owners attached, nothing like that, and he went off last season alone, you know, DeRozan was like a top 10 guy almost. Um, and so if you're like, DeRozan for a Gobert pace on last season? Yep, absolutely. But when you add the teams into it, and this is the thing, like I forgot to add, that we've heard from league sources that the trade is essentially, you know, Gobert for DeRozan and Jack's playing on keeping DeRozan. Um, so that's essentially what the trade is. Um, 
And the thing is, like, like I said, Jack could go into the draft right now even, and just decide not to keep DeRozan and get someone just as good in the third round as a keeper. Like, he could do that, you know, without keeping DeRozan at all. And then you factor the Steve aspect into it. Like, Steve is being clear in that he's going back into the pump build. He's, like, broadcasted it like crazy that that's happening. And he's now just gone out and given or got Rudy Gobert for nothing, who is, if you look at, if you go into Barcelona Monster and you just hit rankings and you hit um, punt three throw, he was the number six player last year. So Steve literally got the number six guy in his build for nothing. And it's just like, it's crazy because Steve had absolutely no leverage in that situation. Like he, he wants Gobert, he's perfect for him. Jack could trade him to anyone else. Jack could get someone just as good as DeRozan for free. And he's just done this deal, which I cannot understand, in which, you know, Steve's always around the mark every year. He's like a big competitor in this league. He's a big threat. And Jack has just gone out and literally handed him Gobert. So I just don't understand how Jack could do that and not get, like, at least one or two pick swaps back. Like, it's it's an absolute robbery. Well done to Steve. Jack, I, I really don't understand what he was thinking with this one. <laughs> Completely... Um, yeah, completely echo those thoughts. I think, yeah, just look at, you got to know, know your enemy, like know, know your competition, know who you're up against. And, um, I don't know. It was just, that was just a really weird, I, I, we did, we did reach out to Jack's representation today, but, um, unfortunately he has denied requests to comment. Um, but league sources did say that he says, I, just don't like watching players who don't score and I wanted DeRozan. But the thing is, like, Lockie, you've still got, what, you've got Anthony Edwards, you've got Bam now, you've got Jokic, but then you've also got, like, SGA, you know, like, a mm-hmm. Morant. Like, there's five guys you've got and I would prefer any of those five guys to DeMar DeRozan. So whether, like, Jack just flipped you, like, a late pick swap for one of them or, you know, if you don't trade any of them, just goes into the draft and picks one of them, that's better than DeRozan, and it's better than giving Steve Gobert for free. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, wild. It is wild. I just... Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Don't, I don't know. Don't get that. Um, but we'll see. We could all be wrong, and it could could work out. Um, Josh Giddy was in there as well, which, I don't know, could have been like... He could almost have been a keeper for Jack. Um, I don't... I wouldn't have kept him if I was Jack personally, but... Um, you never know. Someone like Leck Dog could have been looking for a young keeper like Josh Giddy. I don't know, something like that. But yeah, we'll see. Steve will probably trade him to Leck Dog for three first rounders or something. A small price like that. <laughs> Kel's actually dropped out again, um, yeah. which is seeming to become a common trend with Kel. So should have a message a message on Messenger. Bear with me for a second. We are pretty much done um, with like most of the trade discussion part, though. Lockie, um, if did you want to add anything else, or are you wanting you just want to stay on and hear the the rankings? You're free to do whatever you want, man. Yeah, look, I'll I'll stick around and hear the rankings, and uh, yes, yeah, I don't like where Cal ranks me. I'll you know get into him. So yeah, love it. Uh, yeah, so like, good, like... Can you hear me? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah you're getting wine and cheese, Cal. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, sorry. I don't know what the go is. I'm on my phone, and every time, like my phone, like 
closes or locks when I start rambling and not and forgetting to touch my screen to keep it open, it just exits me. So I am back now. And um, I heard what you said, Lockie, about your ranking. And I assure you there's nothing to be worried about in your situation. All right. All right. Good to hear. All right. Go for it. Cal, unleash on us the exclusive reveal of the power rankings. All right. So these are the first power rankings. And as I like, as I said earlier, it is hard to rank everyone at this stage of the season because, you know, rosters are incomplete. We haven't had the draft, you know, free agencies just started. There could be more trades, et cetera, et cetera. But I've tried to put one together. Um, I kind of based it on, I guess, outlook for this season, like just at this point in time, you know, players, you know, teams keepers and their draft picks and who's got the best outlook. I thought about a little bit about also, you know, league history and how trustworthy some coaches are and, you know, whether we can kind of depend on them to be to be good this season. So that play into a little bit and also there's a little bit of wriggle room for like miscellaneous stuff. So uh, a bit of banter kind of stuff. So we'll go into it. Um, I also just want to highlight, like I said, hard rankings to do, but there is, I think, three kind of distinct tiers. I think there's a top three. I think there's a bottom three. And I think between four and nine for me, like, Pretty much, they're all pretty much even. Like you could be, if you're ranked like eighth or ninth, you're a lot closer to fourth than I think you are tenth. So, if anyone hears this podcast and gets a little bit upset, just remember that that I think it's very, very even right now. All right, okay. um, but yeah. So I'll start at number twelve. We might do it in reverse order, build a bit of suspense. Um, but number twelve, I am going with Stu, <laughs> um, coming off a, a Costanza last year. And not just a Costanza, but a Costanza when he traded Kevin Durant for Donovan Mitchell and Miles Bridges in like what was seemed like a bit of a win now move and then finished last. Um, <laughs> on top of that, if you look at his keeper situation, he's got, you know, Kawhi Leonard, uncertainty surrounding that. You know, what's going on there? Fred Van Vliet, who's, you know, 30 years old and six foot one. So who's, who knows how he kind of wears down over time. He was talking about potentially keeping Miles Bridges, but after the kind of the stuff coming out the last few days about him, who knows if he's actually going to be playing in the NBA next season. Um, yep. And also he's got Donovan Mitchell, who's pretty good. So I uh, don't love his keeper situation. He was just a Costanza. And rumour has it, has he actually joined the league yet? Um, I'm not too sure if he has. I think so... he just did over the last day or two. Right, well, there you go. So they are certainly reasons which I think validate him being 12th. At 11, yep, I've got cool. our friend Lechdog, who has talked about a lot about how uh, going into fantasy this early is totally cringe. Uh, well, I'll tell you what's cringe is Lechdog's keeper situation. Um, <laughs> I think Tyrese Halliburton's probably like his best keeper right now. So I think Lechdog, you know, Stu's keeper situation is a bit murky. I think Lechdog's is worse. Um, so I think after last year, we made a, a big trade to you know, be really good last year and then didn't make the playoffs. And now his keepers are a bit fucked. And, you know, he's he's just not invested in the league right now, which, you know, is fine. Everyone's got other things going on in their life. But um, it all adds up to him being number 11. All right. Cool. At 10th, I've got another guy who we have just spoken about. And that's Jack Burnett. Um, look, I don't hate his keepers. Like I said, you know, LeBron and Kyrie have, um, you know, top 10 upside. But just that last trade of DeRozan, um, yeah, like not feeling it. He gave up some draft capital to get Kyrie. Um, so I think he's, I, I probably might have him higher because I think you can trust Jack during the season to make smart moves. He always makes, you know, good pickups, but also he, he reckons he's getting out of the pump bill, which I don't think we've ever seen in this league. So it'll be interesting to see how he kind of, um, you know, takes that and runs and whether he can be just as successful 
not punting as he has been punting. So like I said, three tiers in this rankings, I think the top three, the middle and the bottom three. So that is the bottom three. Now, moving forward at number nine, I've got Stephen Kennedy, our new commissioner. Um, like obviously great pickup of Gobert. That was, you know, an absolute fleecing. He's also got Luca and Lamello, which, which is really, really good um, in terms of his first two keepers. But his picks are a little bit iffy this year. You know, he's obviously gave up a lot of draft capital in that trade for Luca, So I think he's on the back foot a little bit. Um, but at this, the, the main reason I've got him number nine, and this is an absolute call out to Steve right now. I'm going to put a bit of pressure on. Six years ago, me and Steve had a tattoo bet over fantasy basketball, which I lost. And within one month, got the tattoo on my body. About two years ago now, me and Steve had another fantasy tattoo bet, which he lost, and he still doesn't have the tattoo. There has been a full off-season. There has been a full season of fantasy basketball since this, uh, since this tattoo bet was resolved, in which I was the winner. And we're about to come into draft season for the new league, and he still doesn't have the tattoo on his body. Like, what is going on there? Like, I did within a month. This guy has had so long, he has not done it yet. And yes, I know we were in lockdowns, but after lockdowns, we came straight out and tat- Steve got a full leg tattoo and still no <laughs> emoji fantasy tattoo on his yeah, body. So, what is going on there? I'd like an inquest into this because that, um, yeah. I think the, the frustrating thing is if you reverse that, Steve would be all over you like an absolute rash. Yeah, um, absolutely. And- yeah. Instead, Steve, Steve, you know, he's prioritizing things like having a kid, things like this that don't really matter at all in life. And look what's Cringe. going on there. So I don't know. Look, I want to see this tattoo draft night this year. I want the reveal in person or there's got to be some form of penalty. And, you know, I don't know if he just thinks I'm going to forget about it, but I'm not. It is on the watch list. And right now he is number nine in the rankings and will not be any higher than that until he gets this tattoo. I might even move him down like week by week if he, if he doesn't get it. So absolute call out to the commission right now. You know, you owe me. I did it within a month. Where the hell is it? Fair's fair. Um, yeah. Lannister always pays his debts. Do it. Exactly. And I will never forget like an elephant. And Steve like brings up things in the group chat. He was like, remember three years ago when you said this, Kel? Remember like eight years ago when you ruined Breaking Bad with a spoiler? Well, you know what? I remember this tattoo bet from two years ago. Where the hell is it? Anyway, moving on. Number eight, I've got Brad. And I actually love Brad's keepers. Like Lockie, you know, mentioned me before as having great keepers. I think Brad's is right up there with the, you know, the top three or four people in the league in terms of keepers. He's got Dane. He's got Paul George. He's got Tatum. Um, and he's got good draft position. I think he's got, what, like the second or third pick in the draft. So, Coming into this season, I love it. But he also didn't have a great year last year. And Brad at times has been someone who doesn't make pickups, you know, just kind of sits around the shadows. And, you know, can we trust him? So right now, I can't really have him any higher than eight, but I do love his keepers. At seventh, I've got Dan Brown, who we've just spoken about as being, you know, having some really great keepers, some really great draft position. But at the same time, Dan is, I don't know why he advertises this because like it wouldn't be something I'm advertising, but like he's always going on about how he's like the only player in the league who's never made the playoffs. So as a result of that, <laughs> I can't put him in the top six in a tight playoff position yet. So he is at number seven for me. But, you know, pretty high upside there if he doesn't draft all rookies in the first couple of rounds as usual. Number six, I got Bryce, who I think, you know, you've got solid keepers, Bryce. You're coming up a solid season where I think you finished third. Um, you've regained some of that draft capital. I think you are going to be amongst it this season. I think six is pretty solid ranking for you right now. Yeah, I agree with that. And number five, I've got Jesse Heiss, who he has KD, 
he has some other really nice keeper options. He's got, you know, Devin Booker, he's got Zach Levine, he's got Darius Garland. It'll be interesting to see which two out of those three he keeps. He also has a number one pick. So I think he's Oof. in a really strong, strong position to, you know, make a real push this year. Um, but yeah, I've got him at five right now because Jesse's usually around the middle of the table. Um, but I think, you know, he'll probably be around there this 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 year or higher, as long as, you know, KD doesn't get hurt, which he seems to do a little bit. But um, I think Jesse's in a really good position. At number four, I've got Mitch. Um, look, you know, one reason I'm going to four is I have to see him tomorrow. So if I had him any lower, maybe, you know, I might hear about. <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, Mitch is, is someone who, you know, when you think about going to this year, he's got Giannis, he's got Harden, both like still, well, Giannis, I've, I think he's like, you know, a top three asset in the league. I think Harden's still, you know, probably back end of the first round, start of second round. Um, even though he's getting a little bit older, I still think he's a phenomenal fantasy player. Um, so he's got those two. He's got all these picks. Um, and Mitch, you know, last couple of years, he's been really solid, made the playoffs the last two last two years after a little bit of a swoon after winning the first three championship rings in our league, which he loves to remind us about. Um, but yeah, look, I think he's got the pass resume. He's got the, got the good positioning going forward. Um, and yeah, I have to see him tomorrow, so I couldn't have him any lower. Um, <laughs> number three, I've got myself. Um, you know, people might say you had a bad year, Cal, last year, but, you know, like Lockie said, I, I think I've got close to, if not the best keeper situation in the league right now, if they're all healthy. Um, I've got the 40th pick, which is a really nice pick. Um, and, you know, like I said, I, I made the trade for AD to kind of upgrade that that Beal Kyrie spot. And, you know, with the other trade I did with, with Jack, I actually still have a pick in every round, except for the 13th round. I've got two 11th round ones instead. So good keepers, good draft position. And, you know, besides last year when I went into the tank, when I, when I you know, traded for Embiid, um, you know, I've had a pretty, pretty strong, I guess, record before that. I think the two seasons before that, I finished second. Um, and then I finished fifth before that, and then before that I finished first. So I was coming up a pretty hot streak for a few seasons there, and I trust myself to hopefully get a bit higher. Um, and I probably would have ranked myself number one in these rankings if it wouldn't cause uproar. But um, number two, out of respect, I've got Toby. You know, he's been in the league two seasons. He won the seat league in his first year, and last year finished second. So two years in the league, two grand final appearances. Steph's probably the most beloved um, player in the league right now. Um, so yeah, got Toby number two out of respect. And then number one, I've got one of our guests today, Lockie. Um, you've got Jokic, who I think is by far and away in terms of, you know, you know per game output, in terms of durability. Um, you know, I think he's by far and away the number one guy you would want in fantasy basketball. Uh, you've got some other solid keeper options. You're just coming off winning the title. So you deserve that respect as my number one guy in power rankings currently. Fuck yeah. Well, well thank well you. Deserved. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate little, that. Little Queen's wave right now. Just at the peasants below. <laughs> no worries at all. And like, hopefully everyone thinks they're fair. And like I said, if you're a bit lower, it's very, very close right now. Like it's, it's very hard to separate some people. Like Bryce, if you said you should be fourth ahead of Mitch or even third ahead of me, you know, you can probably make that argument. There's a lot of guys right now in the league who I think have good situations and are very close. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's super fair um, rankings. I think Steve could be, could be higher. Um, it's just, it's just that draft capital. Um, it really, really does impact your season, and you have to take take risks and look for steals. Um, and very switched on league, so that often doesn't happen that you can get yeah. those steals that you're looking for. Especially at the moment, you think you know I'm going to get value from punting, but how many people 
<laughs> like I think Stew Stew will be punting because he's got Zion. Um, Mitch is punting free throws, uh, or yeah, somewhat near punting free throws. So you got a few people that are going to be on the lookout for um, same players in that draft spot. Yeah. But, I think you'd even add, add Leck Dog into that if he decides to keep someone yeah. like Aaron Fox. And like Halliburton's like a fantastic free throw shooter either. So that could certainly happen. And I guess one thing also is like, it's great to have amazing top-end talent, but when you don't have the depth, like if you one of your guys gets injured, it really impacts you. Like last year, like after I made the Embiid trade, I had Embiid, I had Trey, I had Beal, I then got Kyrie. And when all four of them were playing, like I was pretty good. Like you saw in like the, yep. the, the loser playoffs, I like, came from the bottom matchup into like the, the seven, eight matchup. Cause like I had Kyrie playing, I had Trey playing well, I had Embiid beasting still. Um, but then once one of them was out, like if Embiid missed a week or, you know, Kyrie, the Nets went on like, you know, homestand and Kyrie couldn't play during a matchup. I was fucked. So uh, yep. we know that depth, it can be difficult. Yeah, for sure. Um, Lockie, any thoughts on the power rankings? Agree, disagree? What are you thinking? Yeah, I had, um, I like made my own little list just to like be able to compare. And I had things pretty similar. I, I had, I think now regrettably had Dan Brown a bit higher than that just because uh, I love his, like just the position, his position he's in, but he is definitely prone to making some weird choices on draft night. So <laughs> that will certainly hurt him. But yeah, other than that, it was pretty much very similar. And like in that, you know, I, I agree that there's sort of like those top guys and then, that sort of like middle pack. I'd say like Lake Dogs, Stu and Jack are just, I mean, feel free to prove me wrong, any of them, but uh, they're definitely the bottom three at this stage. So, but it is, it's way too early to know anything really. So, yeah, sure. like, like, like we talked about, you know, last year I did a pod and it was something like, uh, make it was like a, a, you know, a sneaky prediction for each team. And I was like, Toby will go from first to worst. <laughs> like, obviously, that was wrong. So, don't worry about these rankings, everyone. Like Lockie said, prove, prove me wrong, prove him wrong. Um, and it will be another fun season of fantasy basketball, I'm sure. Yep, exactly right. Um, just to say, I think that Stu might be a dark horse in that if he gets uh, Kawhi that plays a lot of game, he gets a Zion that plays a lot of games, and he manages his team correctly, he might. Yeah, he could be a force. Just if if um, Freddie Van Vliet stays on the court as well, he's pretty old. But who knows? Who knows how it all goes um, with these, like you mentioned before, with these injury-affected guys. Um, you never know if they're going to play on or not. Like, he, they could, he could get full seasons out of both of them. You just never know. So I think he's a dark horse. Um, one question for you both is, who do you have... Uh, Finishing, who do you have as the champion this year? Um, our predictions, and that this is in fantasy, by the way. And who do you have as the Costanza? So I'll start because I haven't given you any chance to think about it. Um, for the champion, I have Lockie again. I don't think he, you can be beaten, Lockie, with the with the um, draft capital you've got, as well as the keepers you've got. You've got an insane. Insanely good team, and you deserve to have an insanely good team. You've you've played the game right. You've done everything well for the last couple of years. So I think you, yeah, definitely deserve it. And I've got um, Lechdog doing the Costanza. I think engagement level at this point, we're all doing trades. We're all getting things done. Lechdog could have been out there getting his second and third keeper, but it's too early to think about fantasy. Um, so... <laughs> 
I think that Lechdog will pay for those sins and have his second Costanza later this year. What do you think, Lockie? Yeah, well, thank you for predicting me to get the win. That's very nice of you. I've, um, I'll, I'll start with my Costanza first. I I agree with you on Lechdog being the Costanza because um, like I I did I had some offers on the table for him, like and he just doesn't. Obviously not that interested yet, like to try and get those second th- I like I was even before I traded you Jonte Murray, like I'd offered him to Lek Dog for, for not what, for like a similar sort of deal. And that would have been someone good to pair next to Halliburton, I would have thought. Yeah, for um, sure. But then and yeah, so yeah, Lek Dog's my stand to pick. And I I don't I would love to pick myself, but I I like I just love Cal's keeper situation and he's, you know, he's a proven winner before he improved some, I think, did you improve some draft picks somewhere, Cal? I think he might've, um, I just, I just really like his team and that would be my pick. And I just, from, I just know for myself, like, I'm not, you know, not going to be doing it for the whole draft, but like in the other, you know, a few years ago became a bit of an iconic moment when Steve like said, you're making a fun pick and took Lamello. I feel like now that I've won, be less pressure. I'll probably make a few fun picks and just, you know, guys I really want to watch and see how they turn out. So Yeah, for that sure. Might and that might not work out for me. So we'll see. Awesome. And Cal. Oh God, I want to say myself, but um uh, I'm gonna put the uh I'm gonna put a I don't know I don't know if you call it a jinx or whatnot, but I'm gonna put it on Mitch. Um Ooh. you know oh. I think he's Giannis is a beast, Harden's still a beast. Um He's someone who has shown to be able to get value out of later picks in the draft. Um, I think he took Mo Bamber at like 110 last year, 120 or something. He was a rosterable guy all year. Um, he was always he picked up Anthony Simons, who was really good. So I think Mitch is in a good position. And hopefully this, uh, for mine and Lockie's sake, and everyone else's in the league, this acts as a bit of a... Um, a bit of a jinx on him. So, sorry, Mitch. Um, I guess you can take this as you like, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. But I'm going to say you, in terms of Costanza, um, look, hopefully the fantasy gods look down on Steve in terms of ripping Jack off and also not getting the tattoo yet and punish him by being the Costanza. So, that's what I'm rooting for. Um, but also, I think, I don't know, it's hard like to make a serious pick in that because... Like, I think Stu could be really good if things go well, like you said, Bryce. Like, if, you know, Kawhi plays, like, 60 games and he keeps him and he plays at the level he was when he comes back and Zion, you know, is healthy and plays at the level he did in his second season. But there's a lot of volatility there. But I suppose there's a lot of volatility in my keepers as well. Like, AD and Embiid aren't the necessarily the healthiest guys ever. So, um, I think Stu could be a big chance going back-to-back. But I am, at this stage, rooting for Steve. Awesome. Well, thank you, fellas. We're almost at the hour mark. I promised uh, about half an hour podcast, but we love to <laughs> waffle. Poor, poor Lockie's got about 16 words in, and me and Cal have just fucking gone <laughs> off the whole time. So <laughs> welcome to being on a podcast. Probably your first and last time if you have joined uh, us. No, so, I enjoyed it. Sorry thanks. about that, mate. Thanks for having me. It was good. I might, might jump no on one again in some later on, but uh, yeah, probably my last one for a while. Yeah, no dramas. All good. And um, yeah, thanks for jumping on, Cal. And any final thoughts? Any Anything anyone you want to say or we all good? I'm all good. Thanks for having us. No worries at all. Catch you, boys. See ya. See you, mate.